All right, now back, and I'm honored to say this, making his ninth appearance with me here on Next on the Tee is Olin Brown. Let me remind you about Olin's background. He's from Washington, D.C., played his college golf out at Occidental College in L.A. He joined the golf team as a sophomore and gradually moved his way up to being their number one player. He was named a first-team all-conference, that's all SCIAC, in 1980 and 82 was inducted into their Golf Hall of Fame in 1997, and now their Golf Annual MVP Award is named in his honor. He turned pro in 1984. He won four times out on the Corn Ferry Tour, twice in 1991, once in 93, and again in 96. He's won three times on the regular tour at the 1998 Greater Hartford Open by chipping in, oh, by the way, from 40 feet to defeat Stewart Sink in a playoff. He also won at the 1999 Colonial and the 2005 Deutsche Bank Championship. In 2005, he was named the PGA Tour Comeback Player of the Year. He's won twice so far out on the PGA Tour champions, including the 2011 U.S. Senior Open and the 2015 Greater Gwinnett Championship here in Atlanta. In all, on the PGA Tour champions, he has those two wins, plus 48 top 10s and 118 top 25s. And it's a thrill to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Olin, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris. Great to be with you again. I can't believe this is nine times. I'm going to have to start paying <laughs> <his> royalty again. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I can't believe it's nine times either. I appreciate the fact that you indulged me this many times. Thanks for being a part of the show. You're always uh, uh, one of my favorites. Well, it's always a pleasure to be invited. So let's start. Off. Obviously, we got to start with the Masters. Want to get your thoughts first of all on what you saw from from Dustin Johnson. Obviously, uh, a, a wonderful event for him, and uh, now gets that a second major to his resume. Got a little dicey on Sunday. Had a nice four-stroke lead going in, and I was starting to get a little worried about him when he bogeyed four and five, and then hit it in the bunker on seven. But uh, regrouped really well, and, and then obviously pulls away. Your thoughts on what you saw from him? Uh, the taste of greatness is when somebody makes something look easy. And to your point about things got a little bit tight, you know, he started the day with a four-shot lead, and it was pretty apparent that he was he was likely going to be the winner. Um, but there in the middle of the front nine, he ran into a little bit of trouble and um, just never looked flustered in any way, and brought it right back, and then kind of never any such thing as coasting to victory. It's... Uh, but I think the mark of greatness when a guy uh, can make can make something look so uh, I mean he just doesn't ever look like he's out of sorts and he never looks like he's out of position and uh, you know he's got so much talent that that you just knew that he was gonna you know you felt that he was gonna pull it out in the end and maybe the ultimate irony is is one of the longest hitters if not the longest guy on the PGA Tour laid up on both par fives on the back nine Sunday and still buried in them both. So let's, let's talk a little bit. Again, you mentioned greatness, right? And when, uh, when you think of that, obviously we, we think of Tiger Woods now and, um, and, and Hal Sutton tweeted this out and uh, I thought it was spot on. I, I think Tiger taught all of us something, particularly junior players, by what happened to him on 12. And the guy goes out and puts three balls in the water, makes a 10, and then comes right back, birdies 13, and then five out of his last six holes. 
to me, that that says something, because I think a lot of us would have, at least I know I would have gone straight in the tank after that, been frustrated, been mad and just sort of mailed it in for the last several holes. And that guy doesn't. He comes back and plays that way. I want to get your thoughts on what you saw from Tiger after the 10. Uh, so you're right. Greatness is a term that's bandied about. And I mean, true greatness is identify, as identifiable as historic in one way or another. And, you know, Tiger continues to make 43 years uh, old. And um, he's just, to, to my mind, the ultimate competitor. He never ever mailed it in. I've never seen him do anything half-cooked on the golf course. And it really is a testament to how hard the game is and what it extracts out of out of individuals at the highest level of competition. That a guy like that who is inarguably the greatest player of his generation and in the conversation is one of the two greatest of all time, and that's indisputable um, just in terms of their record. Um, the fact that this guy refuses to to uh, relinquish anything for the game, and he may not he may not rise out and be on top every single time, but he is he's not going to cheat anybody in terms of his effort. Oh, and you mentioned you know DJ is one of the longest hitters for sure. Another guy who's a long hitter, Bryson DeChambeau. The, the talk heading into the tournament was how Bryson was going to you know kind of quote unquote break Augusta National. He's going to go in there and goodness knows what score he was going to shoot because he had nothing longer than a seven iron, according to Sandy Lyle in a practice round that they played, nothing longer than a seven iron into any hole out there. And, uh, and then that certainly doesn't come to pass. Want to get your thoughts on, on uh, Bryson and then uh, what you saw from him this weekend as well. Well, the truth is uh, to answer your second question first, we didn't get to see much of Bryson because he was, never one of the protagonists of the week. He was the story going in. And what he's been doing, altering his body and um, trying to uh, fully assault the, the, the distance metric on the PGA Tour, um, he has been in the topic of conversation virtually every week, and he's demonstrated remarkable success this year. Um, he turned what is one of the hardest golf courses in all golf, Wingfoot, into a cakewalk for him. He won by six shots. Interesting that the last two matches have been dominated so by the players who have won. Um, but I think Bryson is, is injecting himself into the conversation. Um, he's now a major champion and he is really, you know, he's caught the shot. He said, when I leave, uh, I'm coming back a lot different. And he proved it this year. He's had a heck of a year. Certainly he is accelerating the conversation on the distance debate in golf and what kind of an impact uh, that is having on uh, the setup of golf courses and, you know, the design of them. You mentioned Bill Bergen and Macklemore before. I'm sure that as an architect, Bill would have plenty of interesting uh, thoughts on uh, as it pertains to guys who are carrying the ball 330, 340, 350 yards in some occasions. And what's that doing relative to the, um, to the architectural integrity of golf? Owen, I want to go back to your time playing in, in the Masters. You had a, a few opportunities to play at Augusta National. What are some of your favorite memories from being a part of the tournament? Well, I think, obviously, the first time that you ever get to go down Magnolia Lane, it, um, you know, there are only a few things in, that you experience in life that exceed expectations. Um, you know, marrying your wife, having a child, um, 
you know, uh, uh, something that uh, somebody sets a goal and accomplishes there. Um, you know, when you dream, I think Bubba Watson said it really, really well when he won the Masters because I, ne- I never dreamed this big, you know. And, and I think when you when you get to experience something you've always wanted to, um, that it has a special place in your heart. And obviously the first time you drive down Magnolia Lane, it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary day. Oh, and I want to go back to this season for you out on uh, the PGA Tour Champions. Had to be a kind of a surreal year. I mean, it's obviously been a crazy year for all of us. But getting back out there, no fans at the event, uh, kind of living life in a bubble, being tested, if not every day, you know, at least having your temperature taken every day, just kind of it had to be strange. What was it like for you being out on the Champions Tour this year? Well, I think like everybody else who uh, went back and played, we were all willing to do whatever we had to do to maintain our uh, our health and our well-being and the, and do whatever we could to contribute to the normal function of tournament play. And so, you know, we had the testing on a weekly basis. We had to, we had to take a test before we got on the plane, you know, Saturdays uh, when we had consecutive events. And, and uh, we lived in a bubble, you know, and people didn't patronize restaurants. We didn't go to movies. We stayed kind of to ourselves and separated ourselves once we got inside the gates we were you know there were no fans there were a handful of volunteers fewer than ever before and tournament staff and the whole thing so i mean um i think the pga tour the pga tour champions the corn ferry they did a, a remarkable job getting us playing at all i think golf is one of those kinds of games and an environment where you know social distancing is um is achievable we're outdoors, by and large, that seems to have uh, less of an impact on transmission and so forth. So, you know, I think I think golf actually um, held, held itself to a pretty high standard, and we managed to get almost all the way there. So I'm looking forward to 2021, and our schedule is going to be released here shortly, and I'm um, hopeful that we can get back to some semblance of normalcy. I think that, uh, you know, the, every day that goes by, there's more and more information on on what this uh, crazy uh, disease or virus, uh, how, how it can be managed, and how we can better um, handle it. And uh, hopefully we can get back to, like I said, some sense of normalcy and get back to life. A couple of weeks ago at the uh, Timber Tech Championship, you had the opportunity to have your son, Owen Brown Jr., on the bag. What was that like for you guys? Well, he actually worked for me the last three weeks of the year. My uh, my caddy of six years, Sandy Armour, great guy, um, got an opportunity to go to work for Darren Clark, and it paid off for both of them. They happened to win Timber Tech, which was great. I mean, uh, couldn't be happier for either one of those guys. Uh, both of them great guys, hardworking, and uh, Darren's going to have a long, very fruitful career on the PGA Tour Champions. But I had the great opportunity. My son, uh, his tournament schedule was over for the year, and, and so uh, he came out to work for me for a couple of weeks, and, you know, he's. Uh, He's my firstborn, and and he's a he's just a great guy to be around, and a lot of fun. You know what? For anybody who has kids, they know exactly what it's like for a parent to be able to spend quality time like that with a child, son or daughter. And uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. When he looks ahead to twenty one, do you know what his plans are? Yeah, he's going to be trying to qualify for court fairy stuff and playing wherever he can play. He's uh, 
He's on the outside looking in, but you know, he's working hard. We're out at Pebble Beach for the TaylorMade tournament. He, we, uh, we've come out, we've been invited both of us to play out here, which is terrific. And we played practice around Spanish Bay today in about a 35 mile an hour wind. So, um, you know, we've got, this is our last event of the year. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll wrap that up and head back, have Thanksgiving with everybody and kind of gear down for the holiday season and get ready for next season, next year. Is there a downtime for you now? I mean, when, when this event is over, is it sort of rest and recovery for, for your body or, you know, you hit in the gym and, and just keep hitting golf balls until they tell you, hey, here's, here's where the next tournament's going to be, whether that's in January or whenever. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll slow down a little bit, um, let the little aches and pains try, try and let those go away for a couple of weeks and, and uh, figure out when we start up next year. You know, the, the gym thing is a drive-by for me. I kind of I kind of look out the passenger side of the car when I see the gym sign, <laughs> keep moving. I, I, I'm not, not a huge fan of that whole whole thing, and you know, to my detriment. But I also, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, causing myself any unnecessary aches and pains either. But um, you know, I I like uh, I like the casual uh, casual nature of a long walk. Spoiled Mark Twain called it a, uh, as it pertains to golf. And uh, we'll just take it easy and rest up and get get cleared up mentally, uh, refreshed, and ready to go when the season starts up. Well, when you're 61 years young, seeing a guy like Bernard Longer at 63, not only still winning out on the Champions Tour, but making the cut at the Masters this past weekend, oh, by the way. And then, you know, guys like Tom Kite at age 70 still out there at it, Hale Irwin making appearances at 75 out on the champions tour. He's still playing. Is that inspirational for you to not only say, you know what? I, I can still compete out here, but look at these guys. I can still probably win out here. Well, um, greatest champions tour players, uh, in our history, you've got Hale Irwin who's won 45 events. Um, and is uh, you know, in the hall of fame and you've got Bernhard Longer who's trying to chase him down and is the most, thoroughly detailed person I've ever been around. He's ultra fit, ultra competitive. Um, he loves the idea of getting his game ready to return to Augusta National, and he acquitted himself nicely, and to no one's surprise, um, he made the cut and finished, he finished strongly. You know, for a guy who's 63 years old on that golf course, which was absolutely soaking wet, uh, played extra long, um, for him to perform at that level, I, I'm sure gives all of us aged guys a little bit of hope and optimism looking forward. But I, I, I cannot speak to the greatness of both of those guys enough. They, they're uh, both incredible competitors. They are really uh, enjoyable people to be around. Um, and their records are just extraordinary. Well, and a few weeks ago, you retweeted a story from the PGA of America about Tim Rosefort uh, being named an honorary member of the PGA. And uh, Tim is the bar, as far as I'm concerned, about reporting, particularly with respect to uh, the game of golf. He's as good as it gets. And uh, for those folks who don't know, Tim retired uh, due to early onset of Alzheimer's. Talk about your relationship with Tim over the years. Well, like anybody who played golf um, at, at any level, professional level uh i've known tim for a long while um tim is one of those guys as you say he's the 
he's the benchmark for golf. He was the hardest working guy in the business. Um, he was a guy who, who would ask a question and then, and then give the exact representation of what was said, um, without any equivocation, whether or not he agreed with the answer or he never had an agenda, never brought an agenda to the conversation. I think Tim Rosefort had the utmost respect from everybody. And, uh, he wasn't just a guy who reported on golf. He loved golf. I mean, we used to play at the club quite often. We'd go out and play nine holes when he had time and he was working so hard that he very rarely was able to get out, get away, come up and hit the ball or whatever. But, you know, he was just as inquisitive about how to play the game as he was about reporting what was happening in the game. And, um, you know, what he's going through as a young man, I mean, he's in his mid sixties that, awfully young to be struggling with this kind of problem, um, you know, should give us all a little bit of pause. And uh, I know that I speak for all of my peers out on the PGA Tour champions and everybody who has met him along the way that we all wish him nothing but the best and hope that, you know, this thing is, uh, is more and more manageable as days go by, even though, you know, um, these kinds of things tend to, tend to cause, you know, a lot of internal strife confirmation and so forth. It's just a sad thing, you know. I mean, here's a guy who used his mind uh, his entire career. I mean, really used his mind. I mean, he was a beautiful writer, and he had a great approach to things. He had he developed great relationships with all the people, tip to toe, and everywhere around. And testimony to that is uh, is uh, the PGA of America sent him honorary membership. Um, it's it's a terrific honor and well deserved, and uh, you know everybody loves him, and we all wish him the very best. Amen to that. Oh, and just a couple more before I let you go. And uh, as I was looking back over your career, I looked at 2015 uh, when you went back to Inverness for the first time since uh, your U.S. Senior Open Championship victory there in 2011, and you did a clinic for the first tee of Erie. Talk about your involvement with the first tee, and then I saw you hold out for Eagle to win the exhibition match that got played that day there. Um, it was really good <laughs> to be invited back. Alan Bell put that together, and I went back, and, and I met some of the young kids involved with the first tee. Among them was a young man named Will Grimmer, who was about to attend Ohio State. He graduated, and he's still professional, and I run into him every now and then when I'm out on Corn Ferry with my son, Olin, or I just see him in passing. Um, and so it's great. It's great to be asked. It's great that anybody cares enough about what you did that you think to make an impact on someone else. And so be invited to participate in anything like that. Uh, it's such a tremendous honor. And I always look forward to those opportunities. And I love, I love seeing what these young kids are doing in golf. I mean, it's just extraordinary. The talent and the depth of the talent is so remarkable. I mean, um, there's such better information. We live in the information age. It doesn't just apply to news, uh, or research. It applies to sport and you know fitness and everything else so the young the young players are so much better prepared and so much younger uh uh that, that they're really they're they're committing an assault on the game you know whereas guys have to go through junior golf and then college golf and then they you know tumble around asia or european tour before they get to the pga tour then they spend a few years getting their legs under them Everybody said their career started when they were 30, you know, in their mid-30s was their prime. Well, these kids coming out when they're 20 years old and they're ready to rock and roll and they're doing it. And it's pretty impressive. 
pretty impressive stuff. Well, and I want to get a, a playing lesson or some advice from you. Uh, I saw a video where you talked about how in, in order to improve your game, you should start at the hole and work your way backwards. And I think a lot of us amateurs, we're, we're the opposite direction. We think chicks take the long ball. So we're out there, you know, hammering drivers on the on the driving range, thinking that's where we're going to save ourselves strokes when it's probably the opposite way. Talk about why we should start at the hole and work our way backwards. Well, I mean, chicks do dig, dig the long ball, but the bottom line is that the score is what really counts in this game. I and mean, you don't get to shoot the score until you hole out. So, or post the score until you hole out. So, uh, I'm old school in that regard. I know there are a lot of people who have written about it, Mark Brody and Scott Fawcett, people like that, who have, you know, their analytics going and their statistics. But the bottom line is you still have to get the ball in the jar. Now, how you do that is kind of individual and it, it, uh, it varies player to player. Um, you know, you see people who are remarkable ball strikers who have had great success, and you see people with a remarkable short game who have great success. And I would counsel any player. Um, first of all, it's less wear and tear to work on your putting and your chipping than it is on your on your full golf swing. Find out what his strength is or her strength and work on that. But then identify weaknesses. If you have a weakness, turn those weaknesses into a strength. I mean, the players who are really great in just bringing this conversation Full circle is the perfect example of that. You know, he showed up and he was able to bomb it, always was able to bomb it. And what really made him the greatest player on tour right now, a two-time major champion and the number one ranked player in the world, is his, is his dedication to his short game and his wedge play. And now Dustin Johnson is in proof is in the footing. On 13, he had to lay up and he wedged it close and made the putt. And on 15, he had to lay up and he wedged it close and made the putt. The last week in Augusta. So here's a guy doesn't have any weaknesses in his game. His arsenal is tip to toe. Drives long and straight. He's a brilliant iron player. He has great distance control with his short with his uh, short club. And his short game has really improved. His putty is remarkable. So I don't see Dustin Johnson going away anytime soon. And you see guys rise and fall to number one. You've seen lots of guys get to number one and then back off number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You haven't seen a lot of those guys get to number one, fall back, get back to number one, fall back, get back to number one. DJ may be the only guy who's done it for uh, with any consistency. So here's a guy in his mid thirties who has every bag in his set and a long one is maintained as long as everything is tidy uh, in his life. I think he'll be a force for a long while. Olin, what happened to my favorite online DJ? At Olin Brown on Twitter. Every day I used to go out there look to find out what uh, what the song of the day was. I, you sort of disappeared on me. I did. You know, I did it for about three years, Chris. And the truth is I started re- repeating songs so often I, I got kind of tired of it. You know, now I've, <laughs> to your point, I've, had, I've had a number of people start asking me that, that question. You know, uh, people who come out and watch and go, hey, this is the song of the day again. And I, you know what, kind of thing. Maybe it comes back. Um, and I'd certainly look to do it. But boy, but there, there were some mornings where I'd spend 20 minutes trying to find an appropriate song. And I really got tired of it, you know. But <laughs> uh, I'm getting, like, like you say, getting more and more requests. And uh, you never know, might might pop back into gear here. 
Oh, and before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you online and on social media. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Old Brown. Um, and that's pretty much all all, uh, all the social media I do. I don't do Facebook. And uh, I've got an Instagram page, but I'm never on it. Uh, but follow us all on Jake Tour Champions. We've got a great group of guys out there, and it's really good golf. Um, and the guys out there are really approachable. So, you know, you reach out on Twitter and you want to talk to, to one of us, you know, you get a response, good, bad, or indifferent. You may not like what you hear, but you may as well. So just follow golf, you know, support the game. Let's all get out and play. Greatest game I've ever played. Greatest game I've ever been associated with. I had the chance to interact with guys like you. Guys like you. I mean, how much better can golf be? It's just a terrific, terrific place. Agreed. Olin, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. I'm already looking to visit number 10. Hopefully that's uh, that's very soon. In between now and then, oh, stay safe, my friend. And you as well. Give my weaves when he comes on. And uh, first thing you should say to him is, hey, man, he'll know what it means. <laughs> All right. I'll do that. Take care, Olin. Happy holidays to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Right back at you. Be well. That's a great Owen Brown. And folks, um, he's a he's a great follow on Twitter at Owen Brown. And uh, if you're not sure, uh, the spelling of his last name has an E on the end. So B-R-O-W-N-E. But Owen Brown is, a, a, as you can tell, again, nine times on the show, a great human being, a great player and uh, and a great steward of the game. So when you get uh, all of those things uh, wrapped together, you're going to have a special segment. And uh, just like tonight. Uh, the eight previous ones were uh, were just as uh, as wonderful as the one that uh, we just had. So, looking forward to catching up with Owen really soon. And uh, and like I say, give him a follow on Twitter. Hopefully, we get that song of the day back. He was fantastic. That's one of the first things I would do every morning is go on Twitter and uh, look up his account to see what the song of the day was going to be for that day. <laughs> 